0: We're into the Christmas season. We have a great series we are starting today. So I want to encourage you, open your heart to what God's word is speaking to us today. And let's welcome our lead pastor, Joe Source. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Matt. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody. It's so good to be in the presence of God, isn't it? Amen. You know, just a couple of seconds in the presence of God could do things that we strive for for decades. On our own strength and I pray that I believe we're entering into a season that the Lord is showing us that yes we need to cooperate with him and we may talk about that a little bit today but bottom line is this you didn't get saved on your own none of us got saved on our own Uh he found us he scooped us up he took us out of the garbage heap that was our lives he set our feet on a solid rock. And then at that point, we think we take over. And we now try to start to strive and to do things and to uh, act out in good works to try to get God's attention. But the truth of the matter is, the Israelites came out of Egypt by his divine hand. And then they got stuck in the wilderness because they tried to do life in their own strength. Don't, don't do that. Don't do Don't try to do life in your own strength. He took you this far; he's not going to let you go. Amen. 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 He's uh, He's got plans for each and every one of us. He's got paths for us to walk. He has some things for us to go through, uh, so he can teach us, so he can instruct us, so that he can shape us and mold us. Let him do it. Amen. Let him do it. Take your hands off the thing. You know we all that. One, probably one of the most dangerous songs that ever came out was that that uh, what is it uh, What is it? my way thank you and that's penetrated the church mindset for years you know, we get saved we come into this by the divine act of grace and then because we exerted a little bit of faith to get into the kingdom then at that point we think that you know we're going to take the wheel from that point so then we stop singing my way and start singing what's that other song Jesus take the wheel <laughs> never liked that song but the lyrics are good Amen? Amen. So, we are starting out the launch of the Christmas season series today, but today we're laying the foundation. I want you to understand that. Now, I don't know if it's my glasses or if it's just dark in here. Can you bring the house lights up a little bit? No? You can't? Oh, we are? Oh, so then it's not me. Okay. You You guys can see me. I'm not so sure if I can see you. So every once in a while, grunt, say amen, Amen. wave, do something, okay, because it's it's a lot darker on this end than it is on your end. So last night, uh, I took an interesting, I believe, journey in the Word. Uh, I do not have the time to do that this morning, but thank God uh, Chris recorded last night. And uh, we'll have actually two videos coming out this week on YouTube from this weekend. One will be last night. The other one will be the message this morning. Now, I've tried my best to hear from the Holy Ghost to try to incorporate some of the facets of last (coughs) night's message. But it would do you good to go watch that video from last night. Uh, It'll probably be out the beginning of the week. And then take that and then incorporate it with what you're learning here today. So we're starting out in this series, talking about forgiveness, okay? Uh, You know, we're full-blown in the holiday season now. Uh, I do like one thing that I'm noticing this year, that people are putting up their Christmas lights a lot earlier than usual, which usually is an indication in our society that people are looking for hope and looking for uh, good and and starting to concentrate. I thought it was very nice. uh, I thought it was a nice indication also that you didn't see so many people decorating their... Houses for Halloween this year. Okay, and that always goes over mixed because most Christians don't really know what Halloween's about. We don't have time to go into that. But um, I've always known from when I was a little kid, even in Catholic school, not born again, something's wrong with this holiday. We shouldn't be celebrating this thing. So that's, a, that's another teaching for another time. So, so here's where I want to go with this. I want to talk about forgiveness because forgiveness is the foundation for us to build on. Forgiveness is extremely important because it's a central building block of our relationship with God. Amen? Amen. Did you bring your Bibles this morning? Let me see them, let me see them. Wave them, wave them. If if it's on your phone, let me see it on your phone. Get your phone out. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know how long I've been waiting to see this? Because at some point, the church got so sophisticated that we didn't use paper books anymore. But you see, uh, in your Bible, you can write notes. Somebody gasped last time when I said that. You can, God's okay with you writing notes in your Bible. Okay? It's your own personal journey. It's the, it's the diary of your journey. Amen. So, when we walk in forgiveness, what we're displaying and the evidence that we're giving on the outside is that we truly understand what salvation is about. When a person has a hard time forgiving, when a person refuses to forgive others, or when a person refuses to go and ask forgiveness from others, it's an indicator that that individual, of course, nobody in here would do this, it's an indicator that that individual does not truly understand salvation because you cannot separate salvation from forgiveness. You can't separate forgiveness from salvation. I hope you understand that. Um, when we consider that Jesus has forgiven us a lifetime of sins, it it only makes sense that we should want to extend forgiveness to those who have hurt us. Amen? Amen. Now, forgiveness is beyond us. Understand that because it's inevitable. As soon as you start talking about forgiveness, most people on the inside will start saying, but you don't understand what's happened to me. You don't understand how hard it is for me to forgive. It's the first thing that pops up. And the enemy wants you to think that you're the only person in all of humankind that has ever existed on the earth that's going through what you've been through. It's a lie. We've all been through these things to one extent or another, okay? So, forgiveness is beyond us. It is the work of God in us. It's a product of grace, but we have to cooperate with Him. When He's urging, I guarantee you, this is going to minister to everyone in this room to one extent or another today because every day we have the opportunities to get offended. Every day we have the opportunities to be hurt. Every day we have the opportunities to offend someone else and hurt someone else. So forgiveness is something that we should be taking like vitamin supplements on a regular basis. We should be thinking about forgiveness, studying about forgiveness, praying about forgiveness. It's just going to keep the pipes clean. Amen? Amen? It's been said that most people, more people pay attention to sermons on forgiveness more than any other subject that gets preached on, and I believe that. So, Maybe it's because we recognize our need for forgiveness and that we all need to forgive. And we really can't enjoy, listen, I want you to get this. We really cannot enjoy our relationship with the Father because we we know we're holding someone in a position that God doesn't even hold us in. And that's the category of unforgiveness or not forgiven. You and I do not have the right to put someone in that category. And I've heard Christians say this. Oh, I don't think I could ever forgive that person. What are you talking about? How could you establish that with your words? You just boxed yourself in. You just boxed yourself into a cage. When you say, I can't ever possibly see myself doing this or forgiving somebody, you just put chains on yourself. Amen. Don't do that. That's right. Amen. Amen. You can do it through, this, through God's strength, and it's always a process. Nobody ever turns the switch off and, and, and just, well, I, I'm, I'm forgiving that person overnight. It doesn't happen that way. You start by speaking it, but it's got to be a progressive work in your heart. Why? Because your heart has to change. Amen. That person's heart has to change. Amen. And just consider the fact that by you forgiving that individual, you may be taking the chains off of them so that their heart can change for the future. Amen? Amen. So, give us an idea how important forgiveness is in the eyes of God. I want us to look at a very familiar portion of Scripture. I want you to go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. You got your Bibles here. I right? should hear pages turning. <laughs> I don't hear pages turning. I liked 15, 20 years ago when you heard pages turning. That means that people are studying the word for themselves. Can I hear the rustle of the pages? Okay, good. I'm going to go and start in verse 20. Now, many of you know the background of this, of this incident that we're going to look into here. Okay? Uh, it's, the chapter starts out on Palm Sunday, on the triumphant entry. Right, what happened in the triumphant entry? Jesus comes into Jerusalem. This is the beginning of the week of Passover. Okay? Don't forget, this is a Jewish book. Don't forget, this is a Jewish book. Amen. Okay? So, it's the week before Passover. On that Sunday, first day of the week, Jesus comes from Bethany. Now, Bethany should sound familiar to you. Who lived in Bethany? Lazarus. So, he's coming from that village of Bethany, which is on the other side of the Mount of Olives. He crosses over the Mount of Olives and comes into the temple area and he's coming into the temple area through the same gate that Ezekiel, the prophet, prophesied that the Messiah would come through uh, two times. The first time, when Jesus came. The second time, when he comes again, he will walk through that same gate. And gathered there, gathered there, it says, was all of Jerusalem. Obviously, all of Jerusalem. But a great multitude. And he began to shout, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You remember this? Yes. Okay. So that was on Sunday. Uh, He goes in. He doesn't stay for a long time. He leaves, goes back to Bethany, comes back the next morning. Now, the next morning, he's on his way for another famous incident. that's going to take place there. Uh, He's going to overturn the tables of the money changers. He's going to cleanse the temple. Why? Because it's Passover week. And during Passover, you have to clean your house out. Even today, even today, the Jews that celebrate Passover... The week before, have to go through the, all of their cabinets, have to go through everything, get rid of every morsel of bread crumb, anything with leavening in it, because you have to symbolically clean the house and prepare it for Passover. Jesus did that same thing on that Monday. He goes and prepares. He's cleaning his house. That's why he overturned the money changers. Okay? He's driving them out, because he's getting the temple ready for Passover. Are you catching this picture? yeah on his way Monday morning, he passes by a fig tree. He's hungry, doesn't find any fruit on the fig tree, and curses the fig tree. You remember? Yes. Yes. How many remember the story? Yes. Curses the fig tree. He says to the fig tree, never again shall anybody eat fruit of you. Okay? Now, that's a whole other teaching we can do another time because basically what he's saying is that Judaism is done. That's it. It's finished. Because the fig tree is always symbolic of the nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh... Do you Remember, talking about the end times, Jesus said, when you see the fig tree budding again and bearing fruit, look up, because your redemption is drawing nigh. And what happened? 1948, the fig tree came back to life. Yes Yes or no? Yes. Okay. All right. So, that's Monday morning. He curses the fig tree. Now, we're going to pick up on Tuesday morning when they come back on the same path and pass the same fig tree. Okay? Now in the morning, this is Tuesday morning, say Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. I don't care what you do to a tree, it doesn't happen that way in the natural in 24 hours. So something very supernatural has happened to this tree. Yes or no? Yes. Because it dried up from the the? Roots. Okay. He cursed the fruit, but it dried up from the Roots, because when God deals with something in your life, He doesn't go after the outward; He goes after the inward. He goes after the roots. Why? Because if you don't deal with the the roots, the fruit is going to come back again in another season. Yes or no? So say this with me, Father: Father, Deal with the roots roots in my life. In In Jesus' name. name. Now the morning as it passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Keep going. And Peter, remembering, what's he remembering? He's remembering what happened yesterday morning. You following me? And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Now, if we were there in person, we would have went, what did he just hear Peter say? Because this answer doesn't sound like it's connected to what Peter said. But Jesus is basically saying to Peter, why are you surprised? Why are you surprised? And actually, if we read it in the original language, I don't know why they translated it this way, have faith in God, because he said, and it's recorded for us in Greek, have the God kind of faith. Now that makes sense. Because what did he do to the fig tree? What did he do? Did he go get, did he go get a, a shovel and a pick and try to dig the tree up? How did this tree come to dry up by the roots? What did he do to it? He spoke to it. So Jesus now is going to give them a lesson on how God operates. Are you getting this? Yes. So do you think it's important for us to learn how God operates? Yes. Okay. So Jesus answers to them, have the God kind of faith. Why is that significant? Because how did God create the universe? Spoke. He spoke. So, Jesus is saying, your words have power, Peter. Your words have power, disciples. Your words have power, church. And you have the same power, and you and I have the same power, and some of you don't like this because it's too much responsibility. You and I have the same power to guard the words we speak because they can create both good and bad. Are you getting this? So, so... Uh, I'm going to throw something out you real quick because ultimately this is really a teaching about prayer, and we'll see that when we get to the end of this portion of Scripture. You say, well, what does this have to do with forgiveness? Hold on. Give me a couple of minutes, okay? (laughs) Next verse. Now he's going to teach them the principles. For surely I say to you, whoever says now, he's not talking to a fig tree anymore. Now he's talking to a mountain. Every one of us has mountains in our lives. Amen. They're mountains of adversity. They could be mountains of health issues. They could be mountains of financial problems. They could be mountains of marital problems. Could be, ma- could be problems of whatever. You fill in your blank. But he's saying to us, when you have adversity as big as a mountain, here's what you do with it. For surely I say to you, whoever says, says to this mountain be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt, where? In his heart, but believes that those things he says says will be done, he will have whatever he says. says. You you see how many times our words are mentioned in here? Says, 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 says. And what us, all we do is when, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Never mind. Next verse, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you, Pray. see what I'm talking about? This is really a teaching about prayer. Yeah, well, let's all have a minute of silent prayer. There's no such thing as a silent prayer. That's right. There's no such thing as a silent prayer. Right. No a silent prayer. Come on, Pastor. Well, I want you to agree with me, but I don't want to tell you what we'll it is. Well, how am I supposed to agree with you? How am I supposed to agree with you? Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, what's the next word? Believe. Believe that you what? Receive, Receive them, and you will Amen. have them. Amen. So what am I supposed to do to believing? After I pray or before I pray? Before I pray. I should have my belief in place before I open my mouth to speak to that mountain. All right? Now, watch this. Because this is where we usually stop. We go, hallelujah, praise God. He's not done teaching yet. Next verse. And whenever you stand praying, whenever you stand praying, I don't know where we got this kneeling thing from. Well, Paul does talk about it sometimes. Whenever you stand praying, watch this now. Because what he's going to tell us now is, what good is you get all these other principles here, but you shipwreck your prayers by unforgiveness. Look at this. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespass. What's a trespass? Sin. You went over the mark. Sin. Next verse. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. You want to enjoy this Christmas season? I don't know about you. I want to enjoy this Christmas season. I want this to be the best Christmas season me and my family's ever had. Amen. I want it to be the best Christmas season New beginnings has ever experienced Amen. corporately. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I'm starting out with this foundation. So great. So great. <coughs> you getting this? Yes. Forgiveness is central. It's the cornerstone of our experience with God. If we're going to walk around smug long, I don't, I don't think'll ever I'll, I'll take this one to the grave. Yeah, and you might get there sooner if you, had that kind of, if you had that kind of attitude. No, you don't understand. I did so much for this person. Come on, get in line with everybody else. What are you, the first person that's ever done anything to people? And then they turn around and stabbed you in the back? Are you kidding me? That's just part of life. Amen. Get over it. Because I guarantee you there's somebody walking around saying the same thing about you because you forgot about how you stabbed somebody else in the back. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad I came to church this morning. Amen, brother. Are you getting this? Yes. All right. Jesus connected faith to answered prayer and answered prayer to forgiveness. Forgiveness is an important thing because so much hangs on our ability to forgive. Now, listen. I come from a long line of unforgivers. If you're from my cultural background, unforgiveness is like practiced to, like you could go for a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, doctorates. Our families have taught us doctorates in unforgiveness. I come from a family, they look at each other the wrong way, wouldn't talk to each other for 15 years. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't know what it is about us. Not only Italians, any, any, any kind of Latin background. Don't you, Latino people, think you're going to escape? Because I've been around some of you f- f- in life too. It says something about the more passionate we are, the more we take stuff personally. We get offended quick, and we hold on to it. And man, we keep it in our pocket, and we'll whip it out anytime we need to. <laughs> You, you ever been in the company of somebody? So they mentioned somebody's name. Oh, you know that person? Well, let me tell you what they did to me. <laughs> and, and, and you go, when did this happen? 49 years ago. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. I got in so much trouble one time, years ago when I first got born again. My, my dad and his youngest brother weren't talking to each other for years. And you know, you're supposed to abide by the, the plot and the script. So if, if your father doesn't talk to them, anybody know where I'm going? Now, you can't talk to them either because now you're, cause you're in covenant with unforgiveness. So I did the unthinkable. We're all at a wedding one time. And of course, our, our tribe is over here. And the antichrist is over on <laughs> that side of the room. And I was like, I'm done with this. This is ridiculous. Yeah, I got up and walked across. Here. How many of you seen that uh, Fiddler on the Roof movie? Uh-huh. How many know what I'm talking about? You didn't see it? You got to go see it. So there's one part in the movie when they're having a wedding. And the women are supposed to dance separate. It's a, it's a Jewish wedding. The women are supposed to dance separate from the men. And one person has the audacity to pull down the rope in between and go over to the other side. And you know, you remember, if you remember that scene, everybody gasped. And that's how it felt like at this wedding. I, I, everybody's thinking, no, you can't cross the dance floor and go over there. You're not supposed to be talking to each other. And I walked over there and knelt down next to my uncle and I said to him, how long is this baloney going to keep going on? Good for you. Well, and everybody gets nervous because, you know, there's certain things you're not supposed to address. You listen to me? Yes. Stop following the script. Thank you. Well, this is how we are. We don't talk to these people. They don't talk to us. You're killing yourself. You're, you're, you're going to shorten your life. You're going to definitely harm the relationship you have with God. Because, you see, if you can't forgive somebody when Amen. God Almighty, through Jesus Christ, has forgiven you all your trash, Amen. and especially the stuff that nobody else knows about, okay? Amen. He's forgiven you, and you can't forgive another human being who's frail just like you, on, who has faults just like, who has character flaws just like you. On, How do you think God's going to respond to that? You listening? Yes. Forgiveness is an important thing. Alright? I wouldn't even I wouldn't even worry about going into this holiday season if you've got that kind of stuff going on. And I know because I can see your faces right now. You think there's a wall here where you can see me, but I can't see you. <laughs> All of a sudden the light got bright in here. <laughs> Matthew chapter six, verse twelve. And forgive us our sins, just as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. Look. It's, it's difficult, but it's not impossible. And, and the worse and the, the more damaging the hurt was, the more difficult it can be to forgive, but it's not impossible. That's right. It's not impossible. It requires an adjustment of your position. Stop taking everything Personally. Oh, well, stop taking everything personally. I'm telling you, God's dealing with me on this kind of stuff right now. Stop taking things personally, okay? Even when the devil attacks us. Stop taking things personally. Because here's what happens sometimes, and I don't want to spend a lot of time in this because there's someplace I want to get in these notes, okay? The devil attacks us. And then he plants a seed in our heart. Well, the reason why the devil's attacking you is because you're special. That's right. You have a special place in the body of Christ. So that's why you're getting attacked. And so we walk around with the attacks like a badge. Well, you don't understand, Pastor. I get attacked different than everybody. I had, so- I had somebody say this to me one time. I wanted to smack this person so hard. <laughs> you don't understand, Pastor. I get attacked differently and went like this than everybody else (laughs) oh because you're special i wanted to say to the person did you ever consider that it's your attitude of pride and haughtiness and arrogance that's causing the enemy to come and attack you because he knows he's got an open door in your life stop thinking you're so special you know you got to balance things out and let me tell you something what we've been hearing for the past 20 years is, you're so special to god and you're so special to god and you're so special to god yes we are special to god We are his workmanship. We are his one-of-a-kind, according to Ephesians 2.10. We are his one-of-a-kind, specially crafted, custom-crafted workmanship. We are works of art. But do not let that go to your head. Come on, amen. And there's people that walk around, and they attract attacks from the enemy because they wear them like a badge. Oh. I get attacked worse than anybody else because of this. I have a special calling on my life. Oh, whoop-dee-doo. Excuse <laughs> me. Where's your white horse? <laughs> Watch those tricks of the enemy. Watch those tricks. Obviously, this must affect more people than I thought because nobody's talking here right now. You got to forgive. You got to forgive. Were you abused and abandoned? Can you, can you forgive your abuser? Yeah. Were you the victim of unfair accusations, let's say on your job and at the cost of your position? Can you forgive those who inflict pain on you? That's a decision you better make early on. You thought you were in love with this person and all of a sudden now this person has found somebody else. Can you forgive the person? These are questions you better deal with. Why? Because as you walk through life, these things are going to pop up. They're going to pop up. If you don't make a decision ahead of time to forgive, in fact, there's a scripture in the New Testament. I don't know if we're going to get to it today. Uh, I believe it's in Colossians. Make allowance for everyone else's flaws. Oh, we got it right there. Thank you. That was quick, whoever that is back there. Colossians 3.13. Let's read it out loud. Ready? One, two, three. Make allowance for each other's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must what? Forgive others. You must. It's not a suggestion. This is a command. This is a command. And look, what has not helped the church is the fact that we live in a society right now that is so oversensitive... Every stupid little thing, people get offended over. You want to know what I do with stuff like that? Get offended. What do I care? Get offended. Well, what kind of Christian? Jesus offended a lot of people. Oh, we don't want to know that side of him. Every place he went, he offended people. Did he go, oh, excuse me, come back. Let me rephrase that. I posted something on Facebook a couple of months ago. I forget what it was. I don't even remember what it was. And a person out of nowhere doesn't even come to church here uh, wanted an explanation. I don't know an explanation. Who are you? I don't don't know you. What do I have to explain myself to you? You don't come to church here. You don't lift a finger to do anything here. You don't support this ministry. And I'm supposed to explain? Why? Who are you? It's this overinflated sense of self. And let me tell you, watch this now. If the church wasn't so worldly, that stuff wouldn't affect us. We wouldn't become super sensitive. We wouldn't become so touchy feely. We we wouldn't become sitting here. Some of you might now might be even judging me because, oh, wow, he he shouldn't talk this way. He's the pastor. No, I need to talk this way because I am the pastor. I'm not looking for applause. I'm just saying. We got to get rid of this super sensitive garbage. It's the world. The world system wants to set you up to get offended over and over again so that the principles of God will never work in your life as long as you're offended. Stop it. Stop acting like the world. Stop responding on social media like the world. Stop stirring up controversy like the world. If you're going to use social media, use it to get people saved. You listening? Can I just share something with you about that? I get aggravated sometimes. (laughs) Believe it or not. And I just did this this weekend. I'll post something so deep spiritually and I get a half a dozen comments. Yesterday, I put a picture of me making a pot of sauce for dinner this (laughs) afternoon and got 74 comments. And I said to my wife, could you believe this? Look at this. A stupid picture of a pot of meatballs and sausage in a, on a stove, 74 comments. But a spiritual truth? Half a dozen people. What's happened to us? We've become so petty. we become, there's too much of the world in the church. Instead of thinking like, like the word, instead of talking like the word, instead of conducting us, we conduct ourselves according to the world. <clears throat> this got to break. And the world is unforgiving intentionally. There are individuals that stir up strife in communities just to see people turn on each other and, and get into unforgiveness and grudges. Where in God's name could you possibly think in this nation you would see groups of people standing on street corners, gas the Jews? Yeah. What the heck is that all about? Somebody's stirring the pot behind the scenes. Because half of those people that would say they're idiots and don't know anything about this subject, they just learn to be super sensitive. Ridiculous. Stop acting like the world. Start acting like the, like, like the kingdom of God. That's Forgive. That's right. Pass by the opportunities to get offended. Every single moment of the day, you've got opportunities to get offended or hurt by somebody. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus and keep your eyes in, in the Word, in the Word, in the Word, in the Word, Amen. then your spirit will not permit your soul to get involved in these things. But we're so full of ourselves and our souls, just like, like the Kool-Aid guy. The soul. Puffed up. Forgiveness is complicated, but it is not impossible. It's always a direction that God wants your heart to turn, never towards revenge or hate. Luke chapter 6, verse 37. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. So, if we follow the trend of what we've been talking about here, about forgiveness. Colossians 3, we we just talked about it. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Forgiveness is a product of grace. You believe that? Yes. I believe that. Then refusing. Listen to me now. This is this is it. This is going to be inter, in, what do you call it, integral? Or uh, this is important. I'm not good with fancy words. What is it? Integral. Integral. That was good. I was right. All right. So, listen to this now. If forgiveness is a product of grace, then refusing to forgive is actually frustrating the grace of God from manifesting in that other person's life. And listen to me. You and I do not want to be guilty of frustrating the grace of God. You and I don't want to be guilty of being an obstacle to the grace of God in another person's life. You listening to me? Now, I'm going to give you an illustration to compare it to. How many of you are former Catholics? Let me see your hands. Of course. (laughs) We're in New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I don't know how many of you have been subject to this, but in the Catholic Church, I'm not bashing anybody, just make an observation, just like if I was talking about any other group. In the Catholic Church, if you're divorced, you cannot receive communion. How many of you knew that? Now, what you don't understand how disastrous that is it's because the Catholic Church also believes that communion is the grace of God. You starting to add this up? Yes. Yep. So if communion is the grace of God towards an individual, and then this organization says that because you're divorced, you can't receive communion, so what are they basically saying? You don't deserve the grace of God. Wow. Now, we would be up in arms with something like that, right? Yes, yes or no? Yes. I mean, almost every communion service we have here, I'll always explain, because I know we're going to have a lot of Catholics here. Listen, if you're divorced, that thing don't fly here, because it's not in the Scriptures. They made that up. That's right. yes. And we'd be up in arms. How dare they? How dare they keep the grace of God from somebody? Right. Yeah, we do the same thing We we won't forgive someone. Did you get it? Yes. We do the same thing when we refuse to forgive, forgive somebody. because you don't know how they hurt me. What difference does it make at what level they hurt you? Because no matter who you are, you're always going to find somebody who was hurt worse than you. That's right. Are you getting this? Yes. How are we doing on time? We're doing good. John chapter 8, starting in verse 2. Now I need you to understand something here. John chapter 8 in the Bible comes after John chapter 7. Isn't that awesome? Let's go through it again because some of you didn't catch it. John chapter 8 comes after John chapter 7. And John chapter 7 is an extremely important portion of Scripture. But something took place in John chapter 7 that's connected to John chapter 8. In John chapter 7, Jesus goes to Jerusalem for the feast of, I believe it's Tabernacles, okay? And he pretty much presents himself there as the Messiah. He literally begins to speak to them about living water and that he is the source of living water. In John chapter 7, say this with me, in John chapter 7... You're not all saying it. Ready? One, two, three. In John chapter 7, Jesus presents himself as the source of living water. You got that? Yes. That's all you need to know right now about John chapter 7. Look at John chapter 8. Now, early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and it says again because he was just there yesterday. And yesterday was John chapter what? Seven. Seven. And all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. What was he doing? Teaching. Teaching. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, which they didn't really believe he was, because if they really believed he was teacher, they would listen to what he said. Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now, we can talk about that one. Because how did they know? She was in the very act. There's no cameras. There's no videos. Well, they must have been there, okay? Now, Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? And this they said, testing him, that they might have something of which you accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he did not hear it. Okay? We'll go back to that if we have time. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, now I don't know if the heard it refers to what he said OR HEARD WHAT HE WROTE IN THE GROUND. I HAVE A SUSPICION IT'S BOTH. BECAUSE WE SEE TIME AND TIME AGAIN THROUGHOUT THE SCRIPTURES WHERE GOD TALKS ABOUT THE GROUND CRYING OUT AGAINST SOMEONE. ARE YOU CATCHING THIS? I'M ENJOYING THIS. I HOPE YOU ARE. AND SO THEM BEING CONVICTED BY THEIR CONSCIENCE WENT OUT ONE BY ONE BEGINNING WITH THE oldest, even TO THE LAST. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? And she said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. And that's usually where we stop. That's another teaching. He said, neither do I condemn you. And then gives her instruction, go and sin No. no more. Now, watch this. These Pharisees and the religious people, they were not interested in this woman's welfare. They were not interested in grace transforming this woman's life. They were only interested in seeing her condemned. Okay? Because rightfully so, under the law of Moses, she should have been stoned to death, but so should the guy. Where's the guy? I got a feeling the guy was one of them. One of their buddies. And they figured, how are we going to get out of this thing? Well, let's turn this into an opportunity to accuse Jesus. Let's bring her and throw her. And and imagine this she's thrown in front of him naked. Okay? Now, he says, he is without sin, throw the first stone. And not one of them can pick up a stone. You want to know why? They made a connection. BETWEEN WHAT HE WROTE ON THE GROUND AND THEIR CONDUCT. SAY, WELL, WHAT DO YOU you MEAN, PASTOR? ALL RIGHT. Um, WHO'S BACK THERE? CHRIS, GO TO JEREMIAH CHAPTER 17. JEREMIAH 17, 13. YOU REMEMBER CHAPTER 7? JESUS IS AT THE FEAST OF TABERNACLES. He presents himself as the source of living water. Look at what Jeremiah has to say 1,000 years before this took place. That's 700 years. Watch this now. O Lord, the hope of Israel. Who is the hope of Israel? Jesus. Jesus, Messiah. O Lord, O Messiah, hope of Israel. All who forsake you shall be ashamed. Those who depart from me shall be what? Written in the earth. Because of what? Because they have forsaken. Read it with me nice and loud. Because they have forsaken the Lord, the what? The fountain of living water. They fulfilled this scripture the day before. They brought this woman who was caught in adultery, thrown at Jesus' feet, and he's saying to them, you want to condemn her? What did you guys do yesterday? Yesterday I presented myself to you as the source of living water. You rejected me, you walked away, therefore your names are written in the dust, according to Jeremiah 17 13. We do the same things, we sin. And because nobody, we think nobody knows about it, we're the first ones who accuse somebody else who's sinning, not realizing, you better keep your mouth shut because there's one in heaven that knows what you did in the dark. There's one in heaven that knows where you went yesterday. There's one in heaven who knows who you took advantage of. There's one in heaven who knows that you stole from so-and-so. There's one in heaven knows what you did with somebody who you don't even know their name. Hopefully, hopefully, this slap in the face to those religious people might have shook some sense into them and they might have realized and repented. And who knows when we get to heaven, we might find, we might run into one that goes, Yeah, I was the guy. I was the one who dragged her there. I thought I got away with it yesterday, the day before, I thought I got away with it because I rejected him. Why? Because I just couldn't find it in my heart to forgive this man who said so many things against us, only trying to shake us into reality. You getting anything today? What do you think the most important thing we should be focusing right now? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. And still, I guarantee you, there's still people sitting in this room right now trying to justify their unforgiveness. (laughs) thank you we needed that now listen to me these religious people they knew the word of God I guarantee you the day before as they were rejecting the source of living water something on the inside had to be uneasy with them because the word will come back to you Amen. Jesus, god said my word does not return void it comes back to me it, it accomplishes what it's supposed to do one of that crowd on the day before had to think why does this look so familiar why does this guy stupid on the ground writing my name in the dust why does this look so familiar where did i hear this before I'll guarantee you one of them on the inside went, oh, my God. This is Jeremiah's prophecy. In our sin, we're fulfilling Jeremiah's prophecy. But they thought they got away with it. Just like we come to church, we get convicted, and we turn around and we walk out. And by the time we get to the car, we go, I got away with it. God forbid. God forbid. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Going to go back to that same scripture, but we're going to include some more. Colossians 3, 12. Since God chose you to be what? Holy. Now, it's, it's already a pre-established fact, he's saying, since God already chose you, TO BE THE HOLY PEOPLE HE LOVES, YOU MUST, YOU MUST. WHO'S GOING TO DO IT? YOU DIDN'T GET IT. WHO'S GOING TO DO IT? YOU MUST CLOTHE YOURSELVES WITH WHAT? TENDER-HEARTED MERCY. WHY IS THAT THE FIRST THING? BECAUSE IF YOU DON'T HAVE TENDER-HEARTED MERCY, YOU'RE NOT GOING TO FORGIVE. BECAUSE YOUR HEART'S HARDENED NOW. YOU THINK GOD'S ON YOUR SIDE IN YOUR OFFENSE. You must clothe your clothes. I have to clothe myself. You know, I, I realized I wasn't born with clothing. Were you born with clothing? No. How are we born? No. So, so somebody had to put some clothes on. Somebody had to bring that onesie to the hospital to put on you. Somebody had to wrap that blanket around you so tight that your head was going to explode. Right? Somebody had to put that on you, right? Yes. It's not natural. We have to put those things on us. So in our own nature, it's not natural and automatic for us to be tender-hearted, have tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, especially patience. Make a, because of that, make allowance for each other's faults. Oh, it must be talking about somebody else because I don't have any faults. <laughs> make allowance for each other. For anyone who offends you, remember the Lord forgave you so you must forgive others. Above all, he's going to go back to it again in case we didn't get it the first time. Verse 14, above all, do what? Clothe yourselves with love, which does what? Binds us all together. That's why the Lord spoke to me when I was in Bible school 26, 27, 28 years ago. Don't try to build a church, raise a family. A family will stick together in tough times. Most churches operate on a corporate structure. He said, don't do that. Raise a family. Amen. And we've seen it over these 26 years where tragedy has broken out in our midst, and what happens? Man, the church comes together like crazy. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Above all, so it's the most important thing, right? Above all, clothe yourselves with love. love. Amen. So, uh, I'm done, pretty much. So, this year, while you're making your shopping lists, how about we do this? Because this is it now. Our minds are preoccupied about gifts and gifts and gifts and gifts, and yet the greatest gift that we could give somebody and give ourselves is forgiveness. Yes. How about when you're making your shopping list? We already started, my house already started, started weeks ago, weeks ago. We started getting the phone calls. <laughs> hey, if you're thinking about getting the kids anything... They can use this and use that and use the other thing. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Okay, when you're a grandparent, I guess it's, it's, you're supposed to do these things. They tell you what to buy. They tell you what to buy. Well, how much were you planning to spend? That's, that's my business. Is this too real? Okay, Because you see, if, you, if, if the gospel is not practical, then it's not the gospel. Amen. Okay, so now we're busy in our minds. We're going to buy this. And my wife, my, I said this last night. My wife, God bless her, she is extremely generous, extremely generous. But we've been together for 46 years. Well, actually, we know each other 50 years. We've been married 46 years. So we really can't get away with much. When you're around somebody for that many years, you know what they're thinking before they start thinking. Right. So now my wife has this tactic, or, oh, I should have said that, has this habit. And she'll start buying gifts and she hides them all over the house like an alcoholic. With, with <laughs> and then little by little, they start appearing. And I go, when did you get, oh, this, this I got this weeks ago. <laughs> and when did you get, oh, I got this weeks ago. <laughs> well, how much are you spent? Don't worry about it. What? If you're not worried about it, and I'm not worried about it, we're in trouble. (laughs) Somebody's got to be concerned about it. So here's what happens. Not this week. It'll start the week before Christmas. And here's what'll happen. Guaranteed. In fact, if it happens this year again, I'm going to videotape it so everybody knows. She'll take every day that she... Now, we got 10 grandchildren. Wow. 10 and plus four of their parents, pairs of parents, right? Okay, so Christmas is a big, you know... So she'll start, and she'll take one of the rooms in the house, and thank God that we downsized, so it's going to have to be, you know, there's not that many rooms in the house to hide anymore. So, so it's going to have to come out in the open. She'll put one pile over here. We'll have 10 piles, and then 8 piles for the parents, and then she'll go. This one's got one gift less than the other one. <laughs> How many other you m- moms and grandmoms use the same tactic? So one year I said to her, well, good, take one away from all the other ones. And save it for their birthday. <laughs> no, no, you can't do it that way. You gotta go now and buy more stuff. And then, and then we get the, the review at the end of it. Well, I made a mistake and I bought two more for this one. So now we're we gonna go back over the whole thing again? But my point is this. I'm trying to bring it out here in a very light way. We're, we're so obsessed now with gifts. But what good is us giving gifts and receiving gifts if our heart's not there? Come on, Pastor. Come on, Pastor. We would be better off giving the gift of forgiveness. So here's what I'm saying to you. Why don't we do this as a homework assignment? When we're making our gift list, how about if we make another list right next to that one? I need to forgive this one i need to forgive that one i need to forgive to it i need to go ask this one for forgiveness how about if we do that because i think that's going to guarantee us to have a great peaceful holy blessed christmas like we've never had before Amen. don't go into this holiday with unforgiveness forgive whoever it is if you need to go ask forgiveness for someone Go ask the forgiveness. Do it now because someday that person is not going to be around and you're going to have to still live with that unforgiveness for the rest of your life. Amen? Amen? One last thing and we're done. If you have not yet received forgiveness of sin in your life, Jesus has already paid for your sins. He has already forgiven you, but you're not aware of it. Because you haven't come to him for forgiveness. You haven't come to him and stated and declared your faith in him. You have not yet really received salvation. If that's you, please don't walk out these doors. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. You can walk out of this this building and have a heart attack out in the parking lot. Don't mess around with your eternal destination. And the only question that you're going to get asked on the day that you stand before God is what did you do with my son Jesus? Did you receive him or did you reject him? Did you do what the religious people did in John chapter 8? Did you reject Jesus and walk away? If you have, please, for your sake, give us the opportunity to pray with you and leads you in a simple prayer of declaration of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. See, we don't get saved from going to hell because of our good works. We don't gain entrance into heaven because we're such nice people. The truth is, most of us are going to be surprised when we get to heaven, when we see some of the people there, and some of the people are going to be surprised that we made it. (laughs) You do not gain your salvation through what you do, YOU RECEIVE SALVATION BASED ON WHAT YOU BELIEVE ABOUT THE LORD JESUS CHRIST. Amen. DO YOU BELIEVE THAT HE'S THE SON OF GOD? Amen. DO YOU BELIEVE THAT HE DIED ON THE CROSS AS PAYMENT FOR YOUR SINS? DO YOU BELIEVE THAT GOD ALMIGHTY RAISED HIM FROM THE DEAD AND THAT HE'S ALIVE RIGHT NOW? IF YOU SAY, PASTOR, I, I'VE ALWAYS BELIEVED THAT. GOOD. And THERE'S NOTHING STOPPING YOU FROM TAKING THE NEXT STEP OF SAYING PUBLICLY, I BELIEVE IN THE LORD JESUS CHRIST. I BELIEVE THAT HE IS THE SON OF GOD. I BELIEVE HE DIED FOR ME AND PAID FOR MY SINS. I receive Christ, I receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. I receive the forgiveness of sins. If you have not done that yet, please, please, for your sake, you might be determining your eternal destination right now. Do not reject that opportunity. Why don't we do this? Why don't we all stand up? Why don't we all just pray all together? wouldn't hurt any of us to make that declaration. Let's say this out loud. One, two, three, ready? Father, Father I believe, I believe that, Jesus that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The Son of God. I believe, I believe he, died on the cross he died on the cross to pay for my sins. To pay for my sins. I ask Jesus, I ask Jesus to, come into my heart to come into my heart to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I believe that God raised him from the dead So that I could have everlasting life. life. By faith, faith. I declare declare my faith faith in Jesus Christ. Christ. I receive receive salvation salvation. right now. Thank Thank you, Lord, for making me a child of God. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now listen, if you prayed that for the first time, or you prayed that as a means of rededicating your life, please come up here. Tell somebody who's standing up here, I prayed that prayer. We want to bless you with a Bible. We want to bless you with anything that we can put in your hands to help you on this new adventure that you just entered into. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Please make sure you don't miss any of the weekends from now until Christmas. God bless you.